you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming right up right now.
We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 on unceded Musqueam territory. And also on the computer, of course, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're here for three and hours plus with some of the very best in jazz music. And as usual, we're starting with our jazz feature this evening. We have lots to do uh, after the jazz feature, but uh, the feature is a very important part of our program. And, of course, we present it first. This is an artist who is coming to Vancouver as part of this year's Vancouver International Jazz Festival. His name, Abdullah Ibrahim. And Abdullah will be performing here in Vancouver at the Vogue Theatre. And it's very interesting because uh, he hasn't been here in a long time. He has just celebrated his 80th birthday. And he'll be um, welcome here in Vancouver. He has a brand new um, band that he'll be performing with. And um, he, the band is called Mukashi, and it features uh, a rather different kind of instrumentation than you may be used to, but it, it will uh, embody his, another aspect of his music because he's a man of uh, great range when it comes uh, to his music. And, of course, he's a magnificent pianist and composer, and he has led over the years, uh, various organizations. He really is one of the pioneers of jazz in South Africa. And he was born, his um, born uh, name was Adolf Johannes Brand. And he was born in Cape Town, South Africa, October 9th, 1934. And he was of mixed racial heritage. So he was classified under the cruel apartheid system of South Africa as a colored, which generally meant a few more, not many, but a few more slight advantages over um, the black Africans. But uh, <laughs> it was still a horrible, horrible um, situation and uh, the racial segregation in South Africa was absolutely brutal and uh, it's still being documented today and what people have gone through but regardless um, young Adolf Brand uh, took to the piano like a duck to water and uh, he began um, his studies he studied all the, all the classics and uh, as much as his uh, parents could uh, could get um, books this sort of thing and uh, he studied with a couple of teachers but he also heard jazz music and that wasn't common that was pretty well forbidden by the South African government. So he kind of went underground. They had various clubs where they smuggled in. They didn't have much, but they smuggled in records, much like the Germans did under the Nazis. Um, same kind of situation. 
smuggling in the few records they had. They played these same records over and over and over again. But Brand was a pretty smart young man. And he went down to the docks because um, Cape Town is a port city. And sailors were coming in from Britain and America. And he would approach them and say, do you have any records? I'd like to buy them. And I'll pay American dollars. He was smart enough to do that, (laughs) to uh, transfer funds into U.S. dollars, because that was a worldwide currency and still is. And, uh, of course, the sailors said, yeah, sure, of course. I've got a few records here. Uh, You can have them for a dollar. And that's how he got his nickname, Dollar Brand. Um, And, of course, he he was pretty entrepreneurial. And, of course, he'd bring these uh, recordings back to his friends, and they would listen to them. And, of course, these were recordings of Duke Ellington, uh, Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, um, great American artists. And, of course, uh, um, that was a a wonderful inspiration. And, and of course, uh, Brand... Um, took to the music of Duke Ellington and Monk, especially because they were great pianists, and he was influenced by both of these uh, gentlemen. And, of course, his other buddies, uh, the great alto saxophonist who became the Charlie Parker of South Africa, Kippy Motseki, and the great trumpet player, Hugh Masekela, who went on to great fame and fortune because uh, Hugh Masekela actually recorded a whole bunch of hit music later on in his career. He was also married to Miriam Makiba, who became a most popular African artist. So all of this, so Dollar Brand was kind of a a pioneer guru of South Africa, and he began a band called the Jazz Epistles, and they were the first black band in South Africa to record, and uh, this this was uh, a coup. Uh, a little later on, he got out of South Africa and went to Europe and uh, was discovered by none other than Duke Ellington. And Duke Ellington heard his trio playing in, uh, I believe it was Switzerland, in some club and said, I'm going to record you. Duke Ellington had an interest in reprise records, a financial interest in that label, as well as uh, Frank Sinatra did as well. And Duke Ellington said, I'll use this, and, and uh, I'm going to make sure that, that this your trio gets recorded. And uh, that happened uh, a few months after, in February of 1963, in Paris. There was a recording made at the Barclay Studios in Paris of Dollar Brand's uh, music and his trio, and it was called Duke Ellington Presents Dollar Brand. And uh, that was the virtual beginning of his career. This record, of course, was distributed uh, worldwide, and people became aware of Dollar Brand. And, of course, he continued to perform and uh, all over Europe, and eventually uh, moved to the United States uh, for a period of time in the, in the 60s. And in, in about 1968, he converted to Islam. And this was a big move on his part, spiritual move. And he became Abdullah Ibrahim and changed his name. And Dollar Brand was then forgotten. So from now on, he became 
Abdullah Ibrahim and continued in an uh, illustrious career for many, many years. And of course, he is still with us and will be appearing June the 28th, this Sunday, at the uh, June the 28th, not this Sunday, but on Sunday, June the 28th, at the Vogue Theater with his new um, band called Mokashi. And we'll be talking more about that later. But we're going to go back for our jazz feature to a band that he had. It's one of my favorite organizations that he had. And this band played in Vancouver as well. Uh, gave a legendary couple of nights at the Old York Theater down on Commercial Drive. And I remember being there for both of those nights, and it was most exciting um, to hear this band. And it's a band called Ikaya. And uh, it was a band of all-star musicians and all playing compositions by Abdullah Ibrahim. And it was a, a most incredible night. Uh, the personnel, uh, I think with the exception of the bass player, there was a different bass player on the Vancouver gig. Uh, the personnel of this recording was the same as uh, what was heard at the York Theater. So that's going to be our jazz feature. Now, Ikaya, the band Ikaya, made uh, a lot of recordings. I think this is the very best recording they made, and it's a beautiful album called Water from an Ancient Well. And it features eight compositions by Abdullah Ibrahim with this incredible band. The people involved here is a friend of mine on trombone, a good buddy of mine, Dick Griffin, is the trombonist. And someone I've always admired, I can't say I, I know him very well, but I know his music, and he's a wonderful alto saxophonist, a real powerhouse. Um, he was born in Panama. His name is Carlos Ward, and he's playing alto saxophone and flute. And on tenor saxophone, he played uh, with the last um, organized band that Charles Mingus had. And I'm talking about tenor saxophonist Ricky Ford. And on baritone saxophone is another old friend of mine, one of the great voices of the baritone saxophone, Charles Davis. On bass, Trinidadian-born David Williams. And on drums, another graduate from the school of Thelonious Monk, played with Monk for about six years, drummer Ben Riley. And, of course, Abdullah Ibrahim at the piano. All of this was recorded in the mid-'80s, October 1985, and we hear eight compositions by Abdullah Ibrahim, beginning with a tribute to one of the greatest human beings ever, Nelson Mandela. And of course, we all know what Nelson Mandela accomplished. He was the first black to be elected in South Africa to lead the country. And of course, he was a pioneer and a great, great man. That's the first composition. It's a very simple title. It's just called Mandela. The second piece of music is dedicated to Abdullah Ibrahim's wife, Sathima Benjamin, who just passed away, a beautiful singer and a beautiful lady as well. And that second song is called Song for Sathima. Then to number three, it's got a rather convoluted history that I'm not going to get into now, but uh, tune number three is called Manenberg Revisited. And tune number four is my favorite of the whole album. And it's a very mysterious uh, minor key piece called Tulang Guru. Then the title track is tune number five called Water from an Ancient Well. 
Tune number six is a very beautiful piece of music called The Wedding. Tune number seven is entitled The Mountain. And of course, it's named for the most famous landmark in Cape Town, which is, of course, Table Mountain. The final tune is called Samida. And that's it. Eight compositions by Abdullah Ibrahim, played by his band Ikaya. Once again, Dick Griffin on trombone, Carlos Ward on alto saxophone and flute, Ricky Ford on tenor saxophone, Charles Davis on baritone saxophone, David Williams on bass, Ben Riley on drums, and Abdullah Ibrahim on piano. Here we go. Our jazz feature this evening, and we begin with Mandela. Thank you. 
the music of Abdullah Ibrahim and from his album entitled Water from an Ancient Well. And that was his band called Ikaya. And that was a very special organization that he had during the 80s and early 90s. And of course, I mentioned in the intro to this that uh, he played a historic concert uh, for a couple of nights at the uh, old York Theater on Commercial Drive. And it was quite a uh, momentous event to have all these great musicians here in Vancouver and to, to hear uh, what was essentially um, these pieces uh, live and in concert. And of course, uh, the band consisted of Dick Griffin on trombone, the wonderful Carlos Ward, originally from Panama, on alto saxophone and flute, Ricky Ford on tenor saxophone, and the great Charles Davis on baritone saxophone. We heard also David Williams on bass and the great Ben Riley on drums. And of course, Abdullah Ibrahim at the piano, and uh, he composed these eight selections and arranged them and did everything, <laughs> of course. All of this was uh, recorded at Rudy Van Gelder's studio in uh, New Jersey in October of 1985. And uh, this band made several albums, but this is, uh, in my opinion, the very best of all the albums that this particular organization met, made. And also, um, I should mention, before we go down, uh, run down the tunes, uh, Abdullah will be appearing on Sunday evening, June the 28th at the Vogue Theater as part of this year's Vancouver International Festival. And he'll be appearing with a very, very special, very different um, kind of a band, only three pieces, and uh, it's uh, called Murakami. And uh, uh, Abdullah, that will be a very, very special concert. And it will be opened by a very good friend of mine, who is um, a Vancouver musician who studied in uh, L.A. as well. Um, whose name escapes me right now, but I'll tell you in a minute <laughs> later on. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, run down the tunes, all eight of them. We opened, of course, with the ode and the tribute to one of the great men of history, Nelson Mandela, and that was called Mandela, and that opened the set Then a very beautiful ballad dedicated to Abdullah Ibrahim's wife, the late Sathima Benjamin, and that was called Song for Sathima. Then we heard a piece of music that was originally called the Cape Town Fringe, and um, it was retitled uh, for this album called Mannenberg Revisited. There's a story connected with that, and as I mentioned before, I'm not going to get into it. It's kind of a complicated story. So that was tune number three. Tune number four was a favorite of mine, a, a very eastern, mysterious-sounding piece of music called Tuanguru. And then we heard the title track was tune number five, Water from an Ancient Well. That was the longest tune on the album. And then a very beautiful piece called The Wedding was tune number six. Then a piece of music called The Mountain, dedicated to Cape Town's Table Mountain. And then the final tune 
this kind of a mysterious um, kind of piece of music called Samida. So those were the eight pieces on this album. I certainly hope you enjoyed tonight's jazz feature. And um, ah, Neil Amjit Dillon is the gentleman who will be opening for um, Abdullah Ibrahim. And his music is very unique because it reflects his uh, Punjabi background and is a combination of that. So that'll be a good um, combination of music, Abdullah's music and the music of uh, Neil Amjit uh, Dillon as well. So I think that's going to be a very intriguing concert uh, on June the 28th at the Vogue Theater, as presented by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society and the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. Anyway, that was our jazz feature this evening, the music of Abdullah Ibrahim and his band, Ikaya. We'll be back with some more music right after uh, a whole bunch of messages and, and stuff. We'd just like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 on unceded Musqueam territory. We're also on the computer, www.citr.ca. And we have some significant messages to bring to your willing ears, beginning with this one. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyle's Bar and Grill, Lotus Land Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Yes, well, always uh, a little bit about the weather, and uh, it's a bit unsettled right now, but uh, quite warm, as a matter of fact, and we have had some uh, really delightful weather. 
apparently it will be clearing tonight with a low of 11. Then tomorrow is a mix of sun and cloud, but there's a 40% chance of a shower late in the morning or early in the afternoon. So there you go. Um, maybe uh, carry a small umbrella with you or something just in case. With a low of 11 and a high of 19. Then on Wednesday, it's cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 12 and a high of 18. Uh, Thursday is, again, cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower, uh, low of 11, high of 20. Friday, they're calling for it to be sunny yeah, with a low of 12 and a high of 23. Then Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 12 and a high of 20. So it looks pretty good, actually, starting with Friday. So there you go. And uh, generally pleasant, but uh, a little bit unsettled, uh, as it usually is this time of year. Clifford Jordan is one of my favorite tenor saxophonists. Um, born in Chicago, went to DuSable High School and studied uh, with the, under the tutelage of the great Captain Walter Diet, who... Um, trained so many musicians uh, through that uh, high school program. Uh, people like Johnny Griffin, John Gilmore, Richard Davis, Gene Ammons, uh, Benny Green, just so many musicians that were out of Chicago, all studied under the hand of Captain Walter Diet. And uh, what an inspiration. Clifford Jordan was no exception. And uh, he is one of the most distinctive voices on the tenor saxophone. And I can count Clifford Jordan as a great influence on my own playing. Uh, even though I play alto saxophone, I always enjoyed his tenor saxophone work and uh, listened to him very, very carefully and uh, really enjoy what he does. This is one of my favorite albums, which came out on, uh, was produced by Oren Keepnews, the late Oren Keepnews, sad to say. Um, for uh, the Jazzland label, which was a subsidiary of Riverside Records, and they, they put out a lot of good stuff. And this album is called Bearcat. And um, actually, there was a famous wrestler called Bearcat Wright. Bearcat Wright was a friend of Clifford Jordan's, and he uh, titled uh, one of the tunes and dedicated uh, that to, uh, to Bearcat Wright. And the album is titled that, so... But we're going to hear, we're not going to hear that tune. We're going to hear three other compositions by Clifford Jordan. The first one I like a lot. It's called Dear Old Chicago, dedicated to his hometown. Tune number two is called The Middle of the Block. And tune number three is called You Better Leave It Alone. <laughs> and it kind of goes along with uh, the way the melody is put together, too. Uh, you can almost hear the words to uh, to that tune on the uh, tune number three. The people involved in Clifford's group here is, of course, Mr. Jordan on tenor saxophone, the great Cedar Walton on piano, Teddy Smith on bass, and one of my favorite drummers, very loose kind of a, um, he's got a very interesting drum concept, and I've always enjoyed his playing. His name is J.C. Moses, John Charles Moses, a very, very fine drummer. So three tunes by the late, great Clifford Jordan, beginning with Dear Old Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
we gave you one more actually than uh, on the set um, because it's a very beautiful piece of music. But we opened with uh, three compositions by tenor saxophonist Clifford Jordan, who we heard leading Cedar Walton on piano, Teddy Smith on bass, and a wonderful, um, interesting drummer by the name of John Charles Moses, J.C. Moses on drums. And um, it provided that kind of, Moses provided that kind of uh, uh, lovely sort of unsettled feeling in the rhythm section, and yet the, the beat and the time was, was still very much there. It's kind of uh, intriguing, very much like, um, in a way, um, a little bit like Elvin Jones um, did with John Coltrane. Interesting. This is from an album that was recorded in uh, 1962 for uh, the Jazzland label that was run by Orrin Keepnews, and Jazzland was a subsidiary of Riverside Records. And um, Jordan was under contract at the time. One of the most distinctive voices of the tenor saxophone, originally from Chicago. And the first tune was uh, entitled Dear Old Chicago, dedicated to his hometown. Then the second tune was uh, an up-tempo thing called The Middle of the Block. And then we heard um, kind of a slower, almost funky feeling thing called You Better Leave It Alone. And the final tune was written by Tommy McIntosh, beautiful um, composition called Malice Towards None, and that completed the set. Clifford Jordan, tenor saxophone, Cedar Walton on piano, Teddy Smith on bass, and J.C. Moses on drums. Hope you enjoyed that set. We shall carry on with some um, different music in a moment. Just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 on unceded Musqueam territory right out here at University of British Columbia. And of course, we're also on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is, of course, the jazz show, regular feature every Monday night from this uh, radio station. And last night I had the pleasure of uh, spending some time with a, a friend by the name of Polly Sarah. Polly is a wonderful saxophonist, a tenor saxophonist, a very, very accomplished musician. And uh, he's in town playing with uh, the great blues guitarist Joe Bonamisa, or Joe Bonamassa, uh, who is performing at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And of course, Mr. Bonamassa is one of the leading worldwide and world-renowned blues artists, and he'll be performing there tomorrow night as well at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, and his band is certainly worth hearing. Anyway, uh, my friend Polly had a day off yesterday, and <laughs> he's on tour with the band, and uh, the tour is pretty onerous. Uh, there's not much rest time, but um, we had a great time, and, and of course talked over music and discussed a, a lot of things, and uh, the name Cannonball Adderley came up, and of course I, you know, was uh, a friend of Cannonball's, and and um, uh, I related a little story where where Cannonball um, helped me out. This was, goes back to about 1970, and uh, Cannonball and I spent uh, a whole day together, and we didn't discuss a lot of music at the time. We discussed everything else under the sun. 
but we finally got to uh, my problem that I was having with the saxophone, um, and it was uh, just a technical matter, but I, I had no way of, of solving it, and um, I was scratching my heads, how, <laughs> my heads, my head, how to deal with the problem, and it was so simple. Uh, Cannonball asked me to play for him, so I pulled, I took my horn out, warmed up a little bit, and then played a whole bunch of stuff for him. And um, he was he was very pleased. Uh, and then I, I related my the problem I was having, and uh, he said, "Well, he said, here's what you do." And he he said, "Do this." And I said, "What? I can't do that. that that's ridiculous." Uh, and um, it's not going to work. I won't be able to play. You know, anyway, I did what he said, and all of a sudden, uh, what I was doing just felt so much more comfortable. Without going into a lot of technical detail, it just felt more comfortable. I got used to it, and I never the problem that I was having never ha- reoccurred, ever. And so it was so simple, but it uh, had eluded me, and it took Cannonball Adderley to kind of pinpoint it and say, okay, here it is, do this, and your problem will be solved. Anyway, um, we were talking about what a magnificent, not only human being, an intellectual uh, man, Cannonball, was. Uh, He passed away, sad to say, in 1975, um, quite young, died of diabetes and a stroke. And uh, we lost one of the greatest voices of the alto saxophone. So the name Cannonball, so we, uh, uh, my friend and I discussed Cannonball and, and some of our favorite records. And so I, I've decided I'm going to play um, a couple of things by Cannonball uh, from one of my favorite records to begin with. And then one of our favorite records, I'm talking about uh, my, my, my friend Polly and I were discussing Cannonball, and we both have a very favorite record. I'm, we're going to hear a little bit of that and uh, maybe from another album, too. So this will be sort of a Cannonball Adderley feature. But one of my favorite albums, and still is to this day, is Cannonball's very first album for Riverside Records. And it was recorded in 1958, and it was called Portrait of Cannonball. And um, Mr. Adderley was able to put together a band of his choice, of course, and um, this was the beginning of a long, productive relationship with producer Oren Keepnews because uh, he had signed uh, Cannonball to a contract and uh, recorded him and all that sort of stuff. So that's a matter of history. Anyway, he, um, it was an open book. Cannonball could pick who he wanted for the band. So the people involved here, of course, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Blue Mitchell from Florida on trumpet. They were old buddies. And on bass, another Floridian, Sam Jones. So, and pianist Bill Evans. Now, Bill, of course, and Cannonball were involved with Miles Davis's band. And, of course, Cannonball had a great love for Bill Evans playing, and Evans is magnificent on this set. On drums, everybody's favorite drummer. My favorite drummer. My God, he is so good. Philly Joe Jones on drums. We're going to hear a composition by alto saxophonist Gigi Grice, and it's a great piece of music. And it's, uh, it's called Minority. And 
We're going to kick it off right now.
two pieces of music from Julian Adderley's very first album for Riverside Records called Portrait of Cannonball. And to this day, one of my very favorite Cannonball Adderley albums. It was recorded the 1st of July of 1958. And we heard two tunes from there. We heard um, an alternate take of Gigi Grice's composition called Minority. And then we went to a tune written by Miles Davis for Cannonball and uh, given to him by Miles, and it was entitled Nardis. <laughs> a little story connected with it. Um, the night before, um, they were in the studio, and they had to... Uh, <laughs> Miles was there in the, in the, um, in the booth with uh, producer Oren Keepnews and the, and the recording engineer. And um, they were actually going to record the album the night before, but uh, it never happened <laughs> because Blue Mitchell was so nervous, the trumpeter on the date was so nervous of Miles sitting in the recording booth that he, he actually um, froze up and, and, and he couldn't play. And, and of course, they, were, they attempted to do this particular tune um, and uh, poor Blue Mitchell just, just couldn't handle it, and, and he flubbed it so badly. He was so embarrassed because he was so nervous that Miles was there. Anyway, they all came back and recorded the album the following evening because Keep News uh, was a very smart producer, and he usually booked two days in a recording studio. So if, if weird stuff happened on the first day, <laughs> he always could uh, maybe get the band together for the, for, for the second day and finish the album, which they did. And, of course, uh, Miles wasn't there the second night, so <laughs> Blue Mitchell could just relax and play, and, of course, and, and play beautifully, as he always did. Anyway, that's the little anecdote to that date. Uh, so we heard Minority and Nardis. The people involved, Cannonball Adderley, of course, on alto saxophone in magnificent form, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Bill Evans at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and the great Philly Joe Jones on drums. Of course, Sam and Philly are not related. The Jones family's pretty big, I'll tell you. There's a lot of Joneses out there. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the album that my friend Paulie and I were discussing last night. We're going to hear three tracks from this album. This is an album called Cannonball Takes Charge, and it's one of his finest recorded documents, in my estimation, and the estimation of my good friend. Um, and it's really, uh, if I were to pick, as much as I like the album that we just heard, if I were to... Um, pick a favorite Cannonball Adderley album. I think this would be the one I'd pick, is the one we're going to hear now. So we're going to hear three tunes from it. Um, the people involved here, of course, Winton Kelly on piano, who is just absolutely magnificent here, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And, of course, Chambers and Cobb and Kelly were Miles Davis's rhythm section. After... Um, the departure of Bill Evans, uh, Winton Kelly came in and replaced Bill. And so that rhythm section was with Miles for many, many years. And they're here with Mr. Adderley as the only horn. We open with a great tune, which is not commonly played by jazz guys. And he does a wonderful job of the um, Burton Lane 
a composition called If This Isn't Love, and uh, it kicks off our set. The second tune is written by um, Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein's a ballad, and um, Cannonball's version of this stands right along with Dexter Gordon's version of this tune. And the tune is, I guess I'll hang my tears out to dry. And the third tune was written by Leroy Anderson. It's a very melodic, very beautiful composition. Again, not played by too many jazz guys. It's a tune called Serenata, and a great choice by Cannonball Adderley. We're going to hear these three tunes from this wonderful album, Cannonball Takes Charge. So here we go with If This Isn't Love. Thank you. 
Right, what a magnificent uh, album and performance by Cannonball Adderley. Recorded in 1959, and this was an album called Cannonball Takes Charge, and uh, indeed, it is um, definitely my favorite Cannonball Adderley album under his own name. This is uh, Mr. Adderley with Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and, per, and um, Jimmy Cobb on drums. And we heard three tunes from this album. The first one uh, was entitled, um, and a good choice by, by Cannonball. This isn't a tune that is often played by jazz musicians, a uh, tune by Burton Lane entitled, If This Isn't Love. And then we heard the great ballad by... Um, Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein, entitled, I Guess I'll Hang My Tears Out to Dry. And the final tune was by a Canadian composer by the name of, of Leroy Anderson. And he wrote that delightful melody. Again, another tune not often picked by jazz musicians and played beautifully by Cannonball. Wonderful interpretation of the tune, Serenata. Cannonball Adderley. Cannonball takes charge. Uh-huh, he does. We're going to continue with a couple of things by Mr. Adderley, but this is with his own band, his sextet, uh, that was, um, it originally started out as a quintet, and went, they went through a bunch of different piano players and ended up with the great Austrian pianist Joe Zabinul, and then Cannibal decided to expand the band to a sextet and added the wonderful Youssef Latif who doubled not only on, was a great tenor saxophonist, but a flutist and oboist as well. 
incredibly versatile musician, wonderful musician. So we're going to hear an example uh, or a couple of examples of that band recorded in concert uh, after a couple of brief messages. So you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 on unceded Musqueam territory. Also on your computer, www.citr.ca. And of course, my name is Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back with some more Cannonball Adderley. For a taste of the classics with a twist, join me, Marguerite, with Classical Chaos, Sunday mornings starting at 9, right here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver, Canada. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. All right, we're going to move now to this concert. Um, we're going to open with a few words by a cannonball as well. This was recorded in at the um, International Jazz Festival at Combley Latour in Belgium. And it was before an audience. Uh, they had the band had and Cannonball and and the guys in the band had never played to this large an audience in their lives. There's about ten thousand people there, and uh, it, apparently it was pouring rain. But everybody sat out. Nobody cared. They sat on the grass and the mud and this kind of thing, and just listened to this uh, to the band and were fully appreciative. So on on this rainy day, August 5th, 1962, the band played. The people involved, of course, Julian Adderley, the leader on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Youssef Latif is going to be playing the flute and the tenor saxophone, Joseph Zavanul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And we're going to have a few words from Mr. Adderley. And then we're going to go into a tune that became a, a staple for this band, written by Jimmy Heath and entitled Gemini, named after his astrology side. And then we're going to follow that with one of the most famous pieces of the band, Nat Adderley's great tune, The Work Song. So here then is Mr. Adderley to uh, talk to you a little bit. Here we go. That's ladies and gentlemen. I have a confession to make here uh, for the benefit of those of you who understand me. <laughs> I had a little speech memorized in French. However, I got nervous and I forgot some parts, so I decided to forget the whole thing. Besides, it was only a publicity stunt, you see what I mean? <laughs> because I don't speak French at all, none. Not even un petit. <laughs> we are, of course, very excited being available to perform here at the Bon Blanc Latour 
Jazz Festival. We've never played before a crowd so large as this one, so we are very happy.
Mr. Cannonball Adderley. Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, leading his sextet in a European performance in Belgium at the International Jazz Festival at Combré Tour, August 5th, 1962. And, of course, uh, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Youssef Latif was heard on flute and tenor saxophone, Joe Zavadol on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums, one of the great organized jazz groups in the history of the music. We heard two wonderful pieces of music that were staples of this band. The first piece was um, written by Jimmy Heath and titled Gemini, and the second piece was, of course, Nat Adderley's famous composition, Work Song. And that concludes our Cannonball Adderley set. Uh, we've uh, we touched upon three albums. First, uh, The Portrait of Cannonball, then Cannonball Takes Charge, and then this album called Cannonball in Europe, which is one of the finest um, albums of um, the sextet, which was formed uh, in the early part of 1962 and lasted for about a year and a half with this same personnel before uh, Youssef Latif moved on to forming his own band, and then the content and the, uh, the personnel uh, slightly changed of the sextet. But uh, one of the great bands, as I said, in jazz history. We're going to change the pace now, and a great Canadian artist, who actually who was born in, in Toronto, but instead of going to the States, um, as a lot of people have to... Uh, gain recognition and success and all this kind of stuff. Kenny Wheeler went to Britain and uh, um, lived most of his life there. And a great musician, of course, uh, composer, trumpeter, and flugelhornist, and jazz icon, and passed away not too long ago, Kenny Wheeler. This is from an album... Um, one of his latter albums, as a matter of fact, was recorded in London at Abbey Road Studios in December of 2013, and it features Kenny on flugelhorn with uh, Stan Saltzman on tenor saxophone, um, John Paraselli on guitar, Chris Lawrence on acoustic bass, and Martin France on drums. We're going to hear two Kenny Wheeler compositions, very appealing and uh, with his usual um, introspective self. The first piece of music is called Jigsaw, and the second piece of music is called The Long Waiting. And the music of uh, Toronto-born Kenny Wheeler. Thank you. 
Two pieces of music by Kenny Wheeler from a late period album recorded in December of 2013. Kenny, of course, on flugelhorn, Stan Stoltzman on tenor saxophone, John Paraselli on guitar, Chris Lawrence on bass, and Martin France on drums, recorded at uh, Abbey Road Studios in London. And we heard two compositions by Mr. Wheeler, uh, the first one was entitled Jigsaw, and the second piece was a more introspective composition called The Long Waiting. The music of Kenny Wheeler, always evocative and lovely and lyrical and uh, conjures up all kinds of um, emotions. Kenny Wheeler. We're going to hear some music by Mose Allison now. Three tunes from a, um, a wonderful album. Mose usually recorded with uh, with his um, just with a trio with bass and drums, but this one's got a couple of horns, and the horns are arranged. We're going to listen to three Mose Allison compositions with his unique vocal and piano stylings. Um, they're his compositions, but the arrangements are by trombonist Jimmy Nepper. And it features Jimmy on trombone, as I mentioned, and uh, Jim Ryder on tenor saxophone, along with uh, Addison Farmer on bass, and the great Frankie Dunlop on drums, and of course Mose uh, on piano and vocal. 
and um, we're going to hear um, three tunes by Mose Allison, and I'll tell you what they are after we hear them. All right, here we go. Tune number one. Actually, the tune number one is called Swingin' Machine, so there you go, and we'll tell you what the other ones are after we listen to them. All right, Mose Allison and Horns. <laughs> that's not the, that's not what I wanted to play actually I'm going to um, go and play the tune I was uh, intending to play okay here's swinging machine are you tired are you uninspired if you're bored well, you just can't afford to miss out on the scene I unveil my little swinging machine I work years through sweat and tears I made tests Trying to find the best You'll know just what I mean I turn on my little swing machine Sometimes it gets a little hard to start Sometimes I think it's going to come apart But when it's working just like a charm It keeps me from going back to the farm So look neat Don't you drag your feet Just turn loose Have a drink of juice You'll know just what I mean I turn on my little swing Just reach out, see what it's all about. You know it's much more felt than seen. I'm talking about my little swing machine. Stop this world. Oh, 
want you to stop this game Deal me out I know too well what it's all about I know too well that it had to be Stop this game, you know it's running me you got boy and then they'll ask for
you get up to the city, you got to learn to shout. And when you get up to the city, you better learn to shout. Cause if you don't stand up and holler, you're gonna get left out. Tunes by the great Mose Allison with horns. Yeah, uh, usually he just records with a trio, but uh, this is from a special album that came out on Atlantic Records called Swingin' Machine. And we heard three tunes, all Mose Allison's compositions, with arrangements by trombonist Jimmy Nepper, who we heard. Uh, the first tune was, of course, the title track, Swingin' Machine. The second tune was Mose's tune, Stop This World, I Want to Get Off. And the third tune was If You Go to the City. Yeah, all right. Mose Allison with um, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Jim Ryder on tenor saxophone, on bass, the late Addison Farmer, and on drums, Frankie Dunlop, and, of course, Mose Allison singing his tunes and playing the piano as well. We're going to close this evening and close this edition of The Jazz Show with uh, one of my favorite bands. This is the George Russell Sextet. And um, this is from an album called The George Russell Sextet in Kansas City. Now, it wasn't really recorded. It's one of those kind of things. They had played a gig in Kansas City and played all of these tunes in a club down there. But when they came back to New York, they recorded this album and called it George Russell in Kansas City. There you go. So this, uh, it was done in the studio in February of 1961. What a great band. Uh, and George Russell's music always is contemporary in uh, to my ears anyway. And uh, this is actually a composition by his trombonist, who is one of the great educators in jazz, David Baker. And he wrote, the, he wrote this tune, and Russell, of course, put together the arrangement for the tune. And Mr. Russell is playing the piano with Don Ellis on trumpet, Dave Young. There's an underrated tenor saxophonist, very, very fine player. Uh, and the aforementioned David Baker on trombone, Chuck Israel's on bass, and Joe Hunt on drums. And this is a tune called 
War Gewesen, written by David Baker.
Well, I think that's a good way to wind down the evening and end this edition of The Jazz Show. That was the George Russell Sextet with the great Mr. Russell at the piano, who was the leader, arranger, and, of course, it's his band, with Don Ellis on trumpet, Dave Young on tenor saxophone, the composer of this piece, David Baker, one of the great jazz educators playing trombone, Chuck Israels on bass, and Joe Hunt on drums, recorded in New York in February of 1961. That was Dave Baker's composition called War Gewesen. Of course, a great, uh, great band. And uh, always, for me, always seems uh, very contemporary and ahead of its time. George Russell kind of wrote that way, and his music was very much very contemporary. All right. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Jazz Show. Next week on The Jazz Feature is a wonderful album which is not really commercially available. It was This is a live recording by the great trumpeter Kenny Dorham and um, a live engagement in New York with some very, very early Joe Henderson. Uh, Joe had just arrived and hooked up with Kenny Dorham and they were beginning their long alliance together. And this was before the Blue Note recordings and anything like that. So uh, this is very, very early. And it's some magnificent music um, by Kenny's group with the great Joe Henderson. So the legendary Kenny Dorham on trumpet and, of course, the equally legendary Kenny um, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone and, of course, other great people in the band. That's going to be our jazz feature next week, a live recording done in, of course, New York City. Thank you very much for being out there on behalf of uh, CITR, on behalf of The Jazz Show, and, and on behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and we'll see you in seven days' time. You have been listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 on unceded Musqueam Territory, we're also, of course, on your computer, citr.ca. Take care. See you in seven days' time. Bye-bye.